Today on Locked On Red Wings, despite the return of three key players to the lineups, the Red Wings lose the special teams battle, fall 6-3 to three to the Ottawa Senators, and previewing the second matchup of the season against the Washington Capitals. And will Alex Ovechkin pass Gordie Howe against the Red Wings? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Um, I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And... The Red Wings didn't lay an egg per se against the Ottawa Senators. They just decided to have the most abysmal game special teams wise I have ever seen. Um, But Scotty and I will get into that. But I feel like even I went live on Friday for a little bit bonus YouTube exclusive content. So if you guys are listening and don't follow us on YouTube, one, subscribe to us on YouTube Uh, Two, go over to YouTube. You can watch the live I did reacting to. Uh, Vrana returning from player assistance, Phil Peronic, Olimata, Dylan Larkin, all practicing the two tough. following segments. I just reacted to your guys' live comments and feedback. And then, uh, but I'm still going to lead the episode off. We're still going to lead the episode off. You're talking about that because Scotty didn't have the opportunity to put his two cents in. And so we'll lead off with that, Scotty. Uh, Jacob Vrana out of player's assistance. He is practicing with the Red Wings in a non-contact jersey. Obviously, Dylan Larkin practiced in a non-contact jersey as well. Oli Mata, we found out, had pneumonia, was wearing a regular practice jersey. Phil Pronick on the ice in a regular practice jersey. That was incredibly reassuring to see. Yeah, I mean, especially after how we, after how you and I ended the week last week. <laughs> we were really, really down in the dumps about that whole situation and just how thin this team was. Getting and and while the team certainly, you know, these three guys returning, like the the injury situation is so rough that these three guys coming back doesn't automatically make the injury situation like fixed. And there's still some some depth is- issues. Uh, it's certainly nice to see, and and you know, especially Heronic with a head injury, like it's nice to see not him him not miss uh, a game and just go back out there. Uh, Larkin, obviously the, you know, captain, that's, that's obviously a, a really big thing to see him out there. And then Verona. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, I, I kind of feel for him like first practice back. And obviously he has to answer a million questions just because yeah. that, that's how, that's how it goes. But can I um, ask you this? I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. how did you feel as, as, cause you are a capital J journalist yourself. Um, how did you feel about some of the questions that they were asking, uh, Verano? Did you find them to be a little intrusive? Or do you think that, cause like the journalists have a job to do as well and they almost have to ask the questions, but it's also how you frame the questions, not to be super intrusive. How did you feel about the questions they were asking? Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said there at the end. I think that there is a way to a, some journalists just enjoy being the one that asks the really uncomfortable questions. And like, that's a, that's a, a angle that you can take and go really far into the industry. And, in. but um, you know, a, as a whole, I, I think early on, like once you get the 
idea and like the vibe that like he's not gonna spill information like you don't need to re-ask the same question with different wording a million times so that's like my biggest thing it's like okay he's clearly not gonna like go in depth about it and it's not it's not his job to go in depth about it so i i think that I don't know. I, I didn't think any of them were like too, too out of line out of the ones that were like in the video, I guess, you know, who, who knows what was said uh, out of the, the video that was posted of, you know, him fielding questions and such. But um, yeah, I don't know, like some each their own, I guess, like some some journalists are, are more comfortable asking those questions and some aren't. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just really glad that he's, you know, back out there and back uh doing what he wants to do and doing his job. And I hope, you know, starting with non-contact, I'm sure they'll ease him kind of back into it. But I'm just really glad that that he – because no one had a timetable, you know. He could have been out for two more months, and, you know, it wouldn't have been like a surprising thing. So I'm really glad that we're getting him back practicing at least before the new year. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I I think my – the thing I'm hung up on um, is I was super surprised that he was already back on the ice. Like we got the notification. He was out of player assistance and it was like, he will be continuing his care, you know, at home and, uh, or outside. And I was like, Oh, so it could still be. And I tweeted it out. Like it could still be and it. Obviously it could still be a little bit longer yet as he has to get his legs back. But I was shocked that like 20 minutes later, he was on the ice. I was shocked and ecstatic about it. Yeah. yeah, I, I think that they, the only reason they put that statement out there is because they knew he was practicing today. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I, I don't even think they would have, they, they would have put that out there if it, if he, he wasn't practicing today, I think they probably would have just kept it uh, as quiet as they could until they were kind of, you know, forced to be like, all right, like, yeah, he's on the ice. Clearly he's back. kind of thing. I accidentally trapped the cat in my room. I didn't know she was in here when we started recording. So now she wants out. Oh, but, nice. uh, she, if, if she comes by, there might be a cat cam this episode. It might be a cat cam. <laughs> nice. Come here. Oh, real soft meow. Come here. But yeah, when it comes, I was really happy too. It wasn't just that, but like it was the, the ecstatic feeling was added on by the fact that uh, Kronik, Mata, and Larkin played. And Mata yeah. in a non-contact. Larkin, I was just happy to see like he was healthy enough to practice. And then he obviously played. And so I feel like now like let's let, we can transition into the game itself. Obviously, Vrana can take as much time as he needs to get his legs back under him, but it could still take a little bit longer. Um, the thing is, with Mata and Hronik, is they didn't pair them up in this game against the Ottawa Senators. And I feel like, because they put Mata on the bottom pairing, I feel like that was because he's still getting his lungs back. I mean, the man had pneumonia, and he's playing just coming yeah. back off pneumonia. So it was really reassuring to see him go out there. And obviously, same with Philip Hronik. Philip Hronik scored a goal, which is, you know, super important. <laughs> But um, I feel like Mata was only on that bottom pair just because they wanted to give him minimal ice time, even though he still played 17 minutes in this game, which isn't a small amount, but it's not the 22, 23 he would normally be playing. Yeah. So it was really nice getting those key players back against the Ottawa Senators, especially Dylan Larkin played as well. Um, but obviously, they lost 6-3. to three. I have very mixed feelings on the game. Obviously, it, losing five in a row sucks. Losing the Ottawa Senators sucks. Now you're fifth in a division, and a division that, the, again, like last year, the bottom four is really, the top four and bottom four, really starting to separate themselves, just like last year. So it's going to be like what we were talking about, that fight for fifth place. That's, that's really what we were talking about. Maybe fourth was what we said, but fifth, realistically. 
Um, and that's what it's shaping up to be because that that rift is beginning to form. And the Red Wings now losers of five in a row. It's becoming increasingly apparent. Yeah, and, and it's like patience is starting to run thin a little bit. <laughs> like you're, let's let's you know win a dang hockey game. In my opinion, that's what I would do. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. Like it's uh it, it's it's a frustrating thing. This game specifically. I mean, we can we can just get deep into this one. Like this was not a poorly played first two periods, and then. Between the special teams and just the play in the third period alone, it ended up getting very out of hand and was just an insane collapse at the end of a hockey game. Well, what's insane is, so the biggest thing is penalties. Like, you know, uh, you have got to stop taking so many penalties, and that's such a no-dust statement. Like, penalties are going to kill you regardless. The Ottawa Senators scored, what, three power play goals in this game? Let me double-check on that one. Um, yeah, they scored three power play goals and they scored two shorthanded goals. Obviously one of those was an empty net, but you got killed, absolutely drilled on special teams. And it was embarrassing Two shorthanded yeah. goals. And I mean, it comes down to, you know, you got killed in the faceoffs as well. They won 62% of faceoffs, nearly 63% of faceoffs. You got, you took too many penalties. They scored three power play goals and then you let up two shorthanded goals. I mean, you lost this game because you couldn't stay out of the box. You couldn't play, um, good special teams and you couldn't win in the face off that, which is another thing that's been struggling all season long, because yeah. if you look at the game as a whole, if you look at the shot attempts, if you look at the quality of the shot attempts, the Red Wings dominated at even strength dominated at the end of the game, the Red Wings had a 59% share of the quality scoring attempts in this game. And if you look at Corsi, which is just the pure raw shooting attempts, 60.66%, nearly 61% of the shooting attempts were the Red Wings at five on five. 59% was, was their expected goals for percentage. So it's like if the Red Wings could have stayed out of the box and then also, you know, not given up two shorthanded goals, they would have won this game. But they just, they, special they teams. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's frustrating, but it's also like, okay, can we put, all the things together all at once. They'll have a game where they have good special teams, but are abysmal, even strength. Right. And then they'll have a game where they're good at even strength, but abysmal in special teams. Like put the things together. I agree. They all right. Do that. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. But first I got to talk to you guys today about athletic greens. This next partner, or this next partner has a product. You're going to want to use literally every day. Start taking AG one because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs. No nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best of things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient and daily nutrition. 
It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Uh, Can I just say? Yeah, go ahead. We are recording this during the most insane World Cup final, like, ever. (laughs) What's the score right now? And Argentina just took a lead in the second half of extra time. I bet on Argentina to win the game because they were the underdogs. And I was like... You bet online.ag? Oh, yeah. Betonline.net, rather? Betonline.net, you know it, baby. Um, I got good odds, and I was like, I'm put, you know, I didn't put a lot of money. I think I put $5 on it. But, like, you know, being the underdog, I'm still going to get a decent return. So I was uh, pumped. I'm pumped by that because I don't know anything about soccer, but I just knew Argentina had Lionel Messi, and I was like, (laughs) yeah, this is Um, nuts. Anyways, back to the Red Wings. So when talking about, obviously, we, we know this game was lost because of penalties, face-offs, special teams. Five-on-five, five, they played really well, which is reassuring to see as that continues to take small step forwards night, night-to-night basis. There's obviously nights where they just get dominated, but I feel like recent history, they've been better at even strength. But that has suffered. The power play and penalty call has suffered on the opposite. Like I said, you got to marry the two. You started this season with a great special teams, horrible five on five. Now five on five starting to do a little bit better. Special teams is abysmal. I think the special teams is abysmal because the teams are starting to figure out we have like one thing we try to do on the power play. And I love that thing, but it's trying to get shots from Kubelik and Peron along the boards or in the circles rather. And that's so we keep trying to do cross ice passes to those guys and it doesn't work. And, you know, with the exception of Raymond down front is there's no one with enough hands to really do anything in that net front presence. So I feel like teams have figured out their power play. I feel like teams have figured out their penalty kill and they're just dominating the Red Wings because the Ottawa Senators, although albeit the Ottawa Senators have a very good power power play. I believe they're like eighth in the league in power play. I told you guys, don't don't look down on the uh, Ottawa Senators. They had a rough start to the year, but they're heating up. It's just. What do the Red Wings have to do to get the special teams clicking again? Yeah, that is the million-dollar question because, like you said, there was a while there. I mean, for the first couple of months of the year, I mean, we would come on here every night and talk about how, oh, the Wings got dominated on on five-on-five and all of their goals were on the rush or on special teams. And now lately it's been a lot more hey like the five on five is actually playing up to par with the opponent that they're playing or even outplaying their opponent but two things have come with the improved five on five play and that is worse special teams and insane third period letdowns and that is also started exactly when the team started playing better on five on five as a whole the third period got a lot worse. And I don't know if that's just like, uh, I don't want to say a conditioning thing, because obviously these dudes are all in incredible shape, but it, it, it's almost like they're, they're buzzing for two periods and like they're, they're keeping pace with their opponent or even outplaying their opponent and they're flying around all over the place. And then like the last 10 minutes of the game, it catches up to them and they're not as, they're not buzzing as much as they were buzzing for the first 40 minutes. And like, it 
it's it's very frustrating, and we saw that in this game as well. A pretty atrocious third. Yeah. And I, I think that this game was kind of the epitome of the last like three weeks of Red Wings hockey. No, it definitely has. And it's just super frustrating too. And you know, there there's something to be said about chemistry as well, as the the lined juggling was definitely out in this game. Forward lines to start the game. And, you know, they, they got tweaked a little bit as the game went on, but they no, took cop sure. off center, which, you know, sucks. I don't like that because I, you know, you sign a guy $5 million. You, you want him to be a center. You do. Um, but they have him, they had him on the wing with Dylan Larkin on line one, Raymond on his other wing. Rasmussen was your second line center. Bergen getting a shot at the second line winger, which I really love along with David Perron. Suter back to center, Sunquist, Ernie, and then Valeno. Kubelik and Soderblom was your fourth line. And like, I, I don't know, man, it's really tough to judge games like this where the stats say that they played a pretty good, even strength game. And you know, that would, that would tend to show that the line juggling had pretty good chemistry, but at the same time you're watching the eye test and it does feel like they can almost get nothing going. So it's really hard to judge games like this. I mean, the, the just based on the eye test, man, it's just really tough for me to think that they're, doing great i mean the best forward line you had out there ironically if you're looking at expected goals four percentage let's do go even simpler let's just say corsi four percentage it was your third line of pew Seater, uh adam ernie and oscar sunquist they had a 62 percent or 64 percent expected goal or sorry 64 percent corsi four percentage and a 62 percent expected goals four percentage so your line three i, I keep talking about how i don't think pew Seater is a center and yet here he is doing the most work at center out of the th the four lines. It's just, it is so hard sometimes to gauge where this team is at when on a night to night basis, they'll put on confusing con performances. I mean, this was a confusing performance. They hung in there and I appreciate that, but the line carousel, the injuries, the hit and miss five on five performances, the hit and miss special team. This team is nothing if not inconsistent. No, and we've been talking about that since opening night, to be honest with you. Like we, we've been all over that train about the consistently inconsistent thing for a while. Yeah. But I, I think that it is necessary at the present moment. You know, we talked about it last week. This team is, even with the return of these three fine gentlemen, and even with the return of Verona whenever he's ready to get, be on the ice again, you're talking about a team that still is going to be pretty thin and like a lot thinner than planned. And so I, I, I feel like, A, every night we're playing with, because of all the injuries, we're playing with a new like personnel group that maybe exactly like to a T has not been utilized before. So we're trying to mix people in and have the carousel and see who – you know, like, oh, this person just got healthy for the first time in however long. Like, let's see where they fit into the mix kind of a thing. And and so you you it, you kind of need to. You kind of need to have, like, the carousel and, and uh, really just try different things out when you're dealing with a lot of injuries. And, and so that's what's happening. Like, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily blame newsy for doing it I, I don't think it's uh, a dumb thing like i i think that it probably makes sense to to do that just because you're dealing with so many changes in personnel on a night-to-night -night basis it, i will say this though if we're talking about positives um in this game because again their five-on-five play is one of them they outshot 
or outshot attempted the Ottawa Senators every step of the way. In fact, they at even at five on five, they did have the edges in total shots, 19 to 11, and outshot them total 32 to 28. But I think that Phil Pronick has continued to shine for the Detroit Red Wings. Just hide it. This is absolute insanity. That is bad news Keep for going. me. Uh, Phil Pronix continued to be very wonderful this entire season. He was third on the team in Corsi 4 percentage in this game, 69%. But he was paired up with Jake Wallman. And Jake Wallman led the team in Corsi 4 percentage with 72.41. So it's starting to, I'm starting to ask the question, is it Mata that's making Phil Pronick look good? Or is it Phil Pronick that's making Oli Mata look good? Because Phil Pronick, even without his partner in Oli Mata, and we saw when Oli Mata was hurt, Phil Pronick was still at the top of the charts almost every single game. And shots for versus shots against percentage and shot attempts for and shot attempts against percentage and shot quality shot attempts for and quality shot attempts again. Like every one of those metrics, Phil Pronick's at the top of the chart. He's third in the team um, at all strengths. And when you go to just five on five, he's still up there. So he's he he slides down a little bit. No, he's actually top at five on five. He's number one at Corsi four percentage. So like he's been fantastic. Obviously he had a great goal in this game, a snipe, but he's just continued to be a treat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I don't think that it's necessarily uh like who makes who like who makes the pairing better. I, I genuinely think it's, it's, we say it all the time. It's peanut butter and jelly, baby. I, I think that it's literally a, just a match made in heaven. I think that they're, they're perfect for each other in, in that regard. And so heronic on his own, being able to showcase that his style still is going to translate into production, no matter who he's paired with, is is a great thing for versatility's sake. You know, we just talked about the mixing and matching of lines and pairings. It's never a bad thing to be more versatile. Like, I know that it's kind of frustrating at times, and, and we talk about wanting to, to really know who's going to be out there on a nice night-to-night basis. But it, it is, in any sport, it is never a bad thing to be more versatile and have more options at your disposal when you're creating a lineup every night. So, awesome to see. And I know he had, like, he played a two-on-one really badly in that game. And so, like, one of those yeah, goals against sure. was kind of just he played it poorly. But you're not, again, Phil Pernick's not that style of player. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, Jake Wolman was top of the charts in these metrics as well. And he was paired with Phil Pronick. So he's like bringing, and Wolman's a good player, but they're the same style of player. You would think that'd be a disaster. But they were creating a lot of offense for the Detroit Red Wings. It's it's really interesting what Phil Pronick's going through. Um, We got to kind of wrap up this conversation, Scotty, about the Ottawa Senators game. We kind of hit the main points. Is there anyone else you want to shout out real quick before we transition to segment three? Um, Elmer. I think Elmer's looked good since coming back from injury. Uh, I, I think that he is... He is really starting to figure out how to use his size to his advantage on the defensive side of the puck uh, at the NHL level, and I think that that's awesome to see. And, uh, yeah, he, he continues to impress me. Yeah, he was pretty good in that game. I've been liking him a lot. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about the Washington Capitals game, and, oh, my God, Alex Ovechkin could do it. Alex Ovechkin could pass Gordie Howe against the Red Wings. So stay tuned to segment three. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's talk about the Washington Capitals game. Let's. I really don't want OV to pass. I'm okay with him tying, How I think that would be appropriate. I think that would be very cool. But for him to pass How against the Red Wings, I would it would swing me in the other direction and go, no, 
that's too good of a storyline for it to happen against the Red Wings. I don't like that. I don't want that. <laughs> Time yeah, is appropriate. I, I, and I like agree. That. I completely agree. I don't want him to pass Howe either. But I do think that tying him would be a cool – I guess, like, it's in Washington, so it's not like, you know, Detroit can be like, oh, congrats, dude, like, you tied Howe or whatever. So, it's I don't know. Like, it's still in front of his home – still in front of his home crowd, which, like, anytime he does anything in front of his home crowd, that's a cool moment too, I guess. So, either way. But, yeah, I I don't want to see him pass Howe either. Tying, fine. But passing, uh, no, thank you. Well, and you were joking uh, before the game, or for the episode, rather, if you wanted to say game, uh, that the NHL is scripted because yeah, it's it's, so, it's like something from the storybooks, you know, that it's totally Washington scripted. Capitals star, one of the greatest players of all time, is set to tie, possibly break, or pass Gordie Howe on the all-time goal scorers list against Gordie Howe's team. The Hartford Whalers. I mean, the Detroit Red Wings. So, I mean, it's just, that's an incredible, come on, that was kind of funny. Uh, (laughs) That's that's just an incredible storyline. And the scary part is, is he could do it. Like, obviously, we're talking about one of the most prolific goal scorers of all time. So, and we he scored plenty of goals against the Red Wings across his tenured career. And he just scored a hat trick the other night to go from 797 to 800. What's to say he won't score two again in, again in this game and one of them being an empty netter? Like, it's just, it feels like the writing's on the wall. And th- we've done, there's been plenty of games where Alex Ovechkin hasn't scored. Remember that one where Peter Mrazek played insane and shut out the Washington Capitals and shut out Ovi? It's possible. It but is. The Capitals are a good team and the Red Wings are on a rough stretch going on the road. And it just seems like it's written on the wall. It does. But. Yeah, I, I mean, like like you said, I, I <laughs> the NHL is totally scripted, and uh, this is <laughs> this is all hundred percent happening. You might as well just buckle up and get used to it. Um, yeah, entertainment off the charts. People are gonna love it, and the uh, the script writers were in their bag in this one. This was really just impeccable timing. Absolutely, and the Washington for legal Capitals... reasons, the NHL is not scripted. People, everybody called now. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. That was <laughs> saying that was a joke. He was he was just making a joke when he said that. Um, yeah, so the Capitals are insane. Still, I they're six in the Metropolitan Division, but they're heating up. I, 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 my feelings towards the Capitals are like the same towards the Bruins. When will they die? Yeah, like for the love of God, Literally. and it's not going to happen as long as Ovi's playing. Same thing with Bergeron and the Bruins, right? Um, although they have Pasternak now to, and Marshawn to carry that torch, we, the Capitals just won't go away. Alex Ovechkin's got thirty-five points in thirty-three games played. He's got twenty goals. Kuznetsov got, has twenty-one assists and thirty in thirty-two games, a total of twenty-five points. Dylan Strom's showing that he's worth the money. I mean, it's just, but it, I mean, obviously they're clearly led by their goaltending and Alex Ovechkin. Darcy Kemper has a 916 save percentage. Charlie Lindgren has a 913 save percentage. They got a pretty good defensive core. So they're carried by great goaltending and then Alex Ovechkin. You talk about their power plays. You know, their power plays, you know, in about the middle of the pack, 17%, which is shocking. But I guess if you know they're going to go to Ovi, you just can't uh, cover that. But again, their defense is insane. Ninth best penalty kill, 80%. It's just. I don't know. I don't know on a five game losing streak, Scotty. I don't know what to say that the Red Wings will have to do to beat teams when it feels like. And again, I don't want to sound too down because this is this is the Red Wings we expected to see. 
this inconsistent amalgamation. Some nights they'll go out there and play really well. Some nights they'll go out there and just show their true colors. This is the Red Wings we expected to see right now. They're where we expected them to actually be. They started the season high, and we kept telling ourselves not to get the expectations too high or you know, buy into the hype, and I think we did a little bit. We did the same last year. It's hard not to, and the team's performing really well. But we also were realistic and saw the writing on the wall with, with all the numbers were saying that they would come back down and water would find its level. This is their level. They're not five-game losing streak bad, but now stats-wise, standing-wise, they're back there. And the Washington Capitals are a better hockey team despite being sixth in their division. So I, I just, if the Red Wings got to win, it's the same thing we always say. you got to play mistake-free hockey. You can't take penalties. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Like everything you just said. I think the only other thing I'd add is like, I, I would really, really, really like to be able to actually win faceoffs in the opponent's zone. Yes. Like at any point this season, like if that happened like once I'd be super thrilled, but apparently that is the world to ask up to this point in the season. So that's like the only other thing I'd, I'd really add is uh, we we desperately need some sort of ability to, to win a face-off in the offensive zone. That's, I guess I'd like to win them in our zone too. Like not that that's like not really important, especially it certainly helps with special teams. But uh, as far as the offense goes, I, I, I would desperately like to win some face-offs. Just really, I guess, period. I guess I'll just put it that way. I would like to win face-offs at some point. How dare you want to win face-offs? <laughs> uh, the over-under in this game is set to six, which I think is criminally low. Um, I know the Red Wings don't score a lot, but the Capitals Yeah, do, no, I'll so. take the over on that uh, one, buddy. I feel like I'm going to take the over on that one as well. I mean, the Washington Capitals guys are a good hockey team. They always have been, and they, as long as Ovi is, has not retired, they continue. They will continue to be. Yes, um, sir. I did. We haven't talked about Huso. We didn't talk about Huso in the Ottawa Senators game. Not his best performance, but also I feel like he was hung out to dry a lot. But, you know, a lot. it's one of those things where it's like both are true. It wasn't his best performance, but also he was on no, to dry. Sure. Agreed. So, but I'm not what I'm not really too worried. And the guys to see who they the go in net for uh, for Washington, I guess. I would imagine it's just who so by default. But if it's not who so, I think it'll be Ned. They'll have three goalies on the roster. Yep. So they'll figure it out. Uh, Larkin will be hopefully a little bit healthier game by game. Mata will hopefully get his lungs a little bit back more. So the team continues to get healthy, which is great to see. But we continue to – Red Wings need to win. They need to win real badly um, yep. in the next couple of weeks. So we'll stay tuned to that, and we'll be back tomorrow for a game recap. Same time, same place. New ball, thanks. Every day. Your team, every day.